I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? There are fungus zombies everywhere. What is with fungus? Oh, you had an opportunity there, Lou. You missed it for a perfect dad joke, and it could have been something along the lines of, like, I'm, I'm a fun guy or something like that, you know? Oh, you, yeah, damn. Yeah. You, you, you've been a dad longer than I have. You beat me to it. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Um, yeah. I mean, if you hadn't, uh, if you hadn't thought about our, our witty banter, uh, we will be talking about the last of us premiere. Um, not since maybe the walking dead. Have we been so excited about watching a show? Um, and talking about it here. Let's hope it doesn't derail like The Walking Dead, though. <laughs> well, you know what the beauty is, uh, is that we're not going to get 10 seasons of, of this. Oh we're going to get two. Um, oh, thank God. And, I mean, we'll talk about it. But, like, if you've played part two, you obviously know there is a uh, there's a time jump between the two games. So, like, I don't think we're even going to be getting season two for another couple of years. I mean, because, uh, you know, some of those characters have to age. Um, uh, I think there's at least three or four years between the games, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that HBO's got enough going on. I don't think we're going to have to worry about, um, we're going to have to worry about them trying to do this right after, back to back. Well, I mean, how long was The Last of Us filming? I think it was, they've been filming it in, in Canada for a couple of years. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, even if they started shooting, well, they'd have to wait for winter again, probably. And I, as far as I know, they're not shooting. So they probably wouldn't start shooting until till the summer at the very least. So anyways, yeah, I mean, we, we will be talking about The Last of Us uh, and more fun conversations like that in the near future as we um, I, I think even though Lou and I are both really excited about the show and, and we still don't know if we're going to watch it week to week. I, I'm I'm thinking like if my schedule permits, I'll watch it week to week. If I can't find that's fine. I'll I'll, I'll bundle some episodes up, but. I think our commitment on the show is to, at the very least, cover the beginning and then the entirety uh, yeah. w- w- at the end. So after you know, watching this one episode, uh, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if anything changes, if like we get to the mid season part and we're like, man, we got to we got to chunk this out and, and 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 get in here and chat about it again. Like I hear I hear rumblings like there is like one episode that's like. Oh my god, and and uh, I don't I don't know where, where the placement is in terms of the of the episodes, but just in terms of the journalists that I follow, the video game journalists that I follow on Twitter, um, sounds like there's some uh, like the, they have the entire season, maybe not maybe not fully complete, but in terms of all the shots and and effects, but they've they've got the whole season in their in their hands. So there's been a lot of talk, you know, a lot of rumbling. So, anyways. We will talk about The Last of Us in a bit, but we do have a couple of news stories here to get to. Uh, 
virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and is spreading rapidly. Lou, uh, thanks to our lovely Discord, um, we got a not necessarily a correction, but an update on some of our 2023 zombies uh, discussions with uh, AMC's The Walking Dead projects in terms of um, the Andrew Lincoln Denai Guerrera series being set for 2024. A uh, bit of a delay there. No, it, it, it's only being delayed a year, so we can talk about it at the end of the year for next year. That's yeah. fine. And it makes sense because, you know, we really didn't have much to say about it except that, you know, IMDb just has Andrew Lincoln on the page. They don't even, they haven't even updated that. So, I mean, it's coming. It's just not this year. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, it's going to be their, I think it's going to be their big project. So I, I would, I'm fine waiting another year. Um, I would guess it'll be like a early spring debut at the very least. So, uh, and fear is coming to an end this season too. So this makes sense. Yeah, that was the other part of the story was that Fear Season 8 would be their final season and we'll get Part 1 premiering on May 14th for the final season. Right. And the rumor was that it was going to be their final season, so I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. That was a rumor, so. I'm I'm fine. You know, here's the thing, like, it's crazy to think that show has been around, is going to be around for eight seasons when I remember when it launched, people were like, a spinoff for the walking dead. This won't last two years. And, and I think when you look at all the other walking dead projects, fear the walking dead has been the one that's benefited the most from experimentation, trying new things, mixing things up, switching out the cast. Honestly, the first two seasons did not sell me. They were okay. Um, but I, I had more hope for it with the first two seasons. And I felt like the first two seasons were just kind of okay. We're it's more regular Walking Dead, but okay, fine. And it wasn't until that third and fourth season that I started to kind of like the show more. And then once Morgan joined the show, I thought the show got way better. Like it went from a show that I was like, oh, okay, to like I was actually excited for the show. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the news, but Forbes has done like four articles this week or in the last two weeks about how fear the walking dead is coming to an end and it was like the worst show on television i'm like have you been watching tv because i've seen some stuff that's way worse than fear the walking dead one guy works at forbes that just does not like the walking dead and Uh, no 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 he loves regular walking dead he thinks it's the greatest thing on television but whenever it comes to talk about uh 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 fear it's like literally like everything is like a scathing review of like how can they waste their money on this and i'm like I don't know. I've seen way worse. Yeah, AMC wastes their money on a lot of a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, the, I, I can think of something that's way worse. It was called Beyond uh, the World Beyond. Yeah. Um. Well, and and there's other news here in this this article. This is actually a really you know jam packed article. Uh. So not only are we getting the part one of the final season of Fear the Walking Dead starting on May 14th, but when that concludes, we'll get a June premiere, what I'm guessing will be a late June premiere for Dead City, which is the Maggie and uh, Negan series. And uh, Daryl Dixon later in the year, uh, followed by part two of Fear the Walking Dead. So like, you know, bit of a break now, a bit of a lull, but come May, we'll be back in Walking Dead territory. 
So yeah. um, I think that's, I wonder, I don't think they did this on purpose, but I wonder if they got out of the way of The Last of Us. I, I don't think they did. I think it's just a coincidence. I think they did. You think they did? I don't think it's a coincidence. Oh. I think they did. Yeah. I. It, it certainly looks that way. I think they knew that if they tried to put the two shows against each other, because I think they would be airing on the same night. Sundays, yep. So I think they knew that if they had to go up against Last of Us, they were going to lose. That's mm-hmm. my thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, well, th- this this ties in nicely to our next story, which is The Last of Us Focus. But uh, The Last of Us becomes HBO's second largest debut after House of the Dragon uh, since 2010. This is the the number. So there's a lot of caveats here. But I mean, this makes sense. It's like, when did Game of Thrones start, which was one of the biggest se- series for, for HBO, but um, only behind House of the Dragon, which was the much anticipated follow-up to uh, the original Game of Thrones um, series, but with 4.7 million viewers, which I think is like, when you think of premium cable slash streaming service type numbers, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, it's consistent that, you know, Fear the Walking Dead doesn't even make uh, a, a million anymore. viewers so the fact that this show on hbo is doing four that's that's impressive because it you know amc is you just have to have cable to watch it you know what i mean or amc plus and hbo you have to pay and it ain't cheap no well i know that uh here in canada uh i know hbo can be quite expensive but the the streaming service to get it is is called crave and it's it's 20 bucks it's 20 bucks a month, but when you think about it, I guess Netflix at its highest tiers is about 20 bucks a month. But, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting like this, you know, I always feel like zombies also get like, uh, you know, the zombie genre immediately gets this like, oh, another zombie thing. And I have to remind folks, it's like, well, you know, yes, there's a lot of zombie content, but when you like look at, you just look at the the really solid zombie content, there is just, there's not a lot of it. Like in terms of like top tier, you know, wildly received zombie content, you have the walking dead, you have, uh, there's obviously like, you know, little things that pop up. I think like train to Busan is another good one, but the last of us, I think is almost carried by the fact that it's just like this prestige video game on a prestige streaming channel. And, I think they kind of, you know, the zombie doesn't really factor into it uh, to it. But I think once you watch it, obviously it does. But I think the reason The Last of Us is like doing so well is because of the fact that it's this it it did it's done so well as a video game. And I think like I, I think but then when you watch it, it's like, oh wait, there's there's a lot of good stuff here, especially from the zombie point of view. Like they've done a lot of good with this. And I and you know, you'll you'll see this a lot, like I've seen a couple articles of like, oh, video game adaptations, the, the curse is broken, and other people saying like, oh, zombies are back, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, zombies never really went anywhere. You've just got a, another great zombie show. Yeah, that no, is- it, it, there's been there's been a lot of crap. I mean, I tried to watch something a couple months ago. I thought I was going to talk about it on the show. I think it was called Zomboat or Zombie on a Boat or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I get like halfway through the episode. It's like it's a British comedy. I get like halfway through the first episode. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. 
Yeah. I just don't know if I wasn't in the mood for it or it just wasn't hitting me right. And I was like, yeah, I don't care about these characters. When are they going to die? <laughs> yeah. I'm supposed to be laughing at this. I'm not laughing. And and this is the thing is like it it just um like 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 you were saying like there's there's not there there is a lot of good zombie content but there's a lot of not so great zombie content I think people like to focus on the not so great stuff and sometimes the not so great stuff is also the stuff we like to watch but we can I mean, we can say it's bad because we know it's bad but it's still fun to watch you know because we like the genre right but when you're looking for mass appeal you you do need something that that is you know, widely accepted by critics as a as a as a good TV show, and I think The Last of Us falls in that category of like good TV show, good zombie content, good video game adaptation. Like it's got a lot going against it, but I mean we've we've come to a place where like now video game adaptation doesn't mean bad; it means this could be good. You know, um, right? And uh, yeah, it, like it's only one episode, but it's it's all anyone's talking about. You know, there's not a lot of other TV going on right now. Um, so it, it was kind of like a really smart release. It, it's a very smart release because if anything, I was trying to think of what else it's competing with right now. And there's nothing. Yeah. All it needed was that open slot of just like a couple of weeks where there was nothing before it and nothing after it. And like January is such a solid time to release it because like there's I, I, I can't think of anything else. I mean, even... Um, the only other like darling show I can think of, I, I think like they were talking about Ted Lasso coming back in the spring, which again, I think is a pretty, is a pretty solid time for that to come out too. But, you but know. that's also not a live show. You know, this is going to go live on HBO on yes. Sunday night. Well, yeah, it's, um, it, you're right. I think it does go live, but I was surprised because, uh, Sunday, I wanted to watch it Sunday night and I was going to watch it with, with Ashley and, uh, we missed the premiere by like 15 minutes and she's like, Oh, did you want to stop this and start watching it? And it's like, ah, I'm not too sure if we can like, you know, tune in post live, but, but you can like, you can go into the crave app, which is HBO max in Canada. And you can, the, the episodes just there at nine o'clock. Like you can, you can queue it up. Yeah, no, I am. Um, I thought that it was going to be available that day during the day i did, i forgot that it was going to be a live show i thought it, i forgot it wasn't a max exclusive for us mm-hmm. and uh violet was down for her nap and erica was we've all been sick in case you can't tell from my voice and everybody was sick and i was like oh i'm gonna watch it now and it was the middle of the day and i went into the app and it was like come back later tonight was basically what hbo max had a little thing said you want to watch this here's the trailer watch it later tonight and i was like oh okay so it's not up there and then literally uh something happened and i didn't get to watch it that night but according to what i've seen it was like the episode aired at like nine o'clock and like nine thirty, you could access watching it hmm. yeah like it was still airing and you could watch it i was like oh wow that's cool yeah i don't think i've i don't think i've seen that before yeah i remember when game of thrones was wrapping up they used, i had they used to make you wait until the next morning yeah if i remember right yes it would air on sunday nights and then if you wanted to watch it streaming you'd have to wait until like midnight or the next day well you had to wait till it and and i understand you know the idea of like waiting until the live show ends because essentially if if you wanted to like the, the way those shows worked you could just skip to the end and see like Oh, the big, the big moment and then tweet about it and then ruin it for everybody like again you know there are those people who would 
you know, those trolls that would ruin it for everybody. Um, but I think now just in, in the age we live in with the internet, it's like people know to mute stuff. And, you know, I, I like everybody else love a good live broadcast. Like I am a big fan of the way Nintendo directs are done in terms of announcements and that excitement. But, um, you know, when it comes to a TV show, if I'm 15 minutes late, I, I should at least be able to scrub back to the beginning. And and maybe that's what I would be, would have been able to do. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't boot it up, but it was nice to see that, um, it was, it was there at nine and you could, you could watch it. But, um, I mean, here's the thing. We're talking about the last of us. Uh, we might as well move into our topic for tonight. So if uh, you're thinking, oh, Ryan, why did you play the video game intro song? It's like, nope, that is the uh, that is the TV show intro. Um, thanks to HBO Max's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, and, it, you know, here's the thing. I think the intro song plays a good part in in, you know, saying to fans like this is a this is an adaptation of one of your favorite video games and we are going to do it as faithfully as possible like they got the guy who does the music for the video game to compose the music for the tv show and i think like because that was such an iconic part of the video game to get that in the show is also like it did it thumbs up great work on on like doing that because it really it really helps with the feel it's it's very minimal it's the intro and a couple moments in this first episode but that music goes a long way for you to feel like this is the last of us. And I'm sure like folks who didn't play the video game are like, Oh, this is really interesting music for a zombie show. But like for you and I, Lou, I don't know if the music was impactful for you as it was for me from, from the series. It's probably more, more, probably more for you than it was for me. Cause I'm not a music guy. Um, I'm notoriously known for turning off the music in my video games when I'm playing. Oh, no. <laughs> Lou. I'm that guy. Oh. I'm that guy. It, it is um, one of the few, you know, there are a lot of great video game soundtracks, but like there are very few that are as iconic as The Last of Us. And and maybe I'm just I uh, maybe I'm just such a big fan of like again, uh the music might even fall into a category of like, you know, we were talking pre-show about like, well, I think once I watch The Last of Us, I'll ne- I'll probably never go back to it because it's just such a it's such a great story, but it's such a raw story that they're telling. Like it it's very it's it can be hard to watch, it can be hard to process. And I think the soundtrack is also like that. Like it's it's a great soundtrack, but it brings up those emotions from the show and from the video. Maybe for you it wouldn't because you're listening to like custom soundtracks of like. No, I'm just not know. listening to music while I play because <laughs> I'm trying to pick up on the sound of, of 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 zombies and other things in the game, and the music gets in the way. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Lose listening to podcasts while he's uh while he's playing i do that with jrpgs that's fine no i uh, there are games that just you know you need a podcast to zone out to um so you know we watched the premiere uh, like a lot of folks did uh, as we said 4.7 million people uh tuned into the episode with its debut um and this is indeed a adaptation of the last of us from playstation and naughty dog and uh their names are all over it and um 
Yeah, this first episode covers uh, that big moment pre-apocalypse. So, 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 I, the, this is the thing I want to talk about because uh, it's been a long time since I played the game. I mean, I think we had just started this show when I when we we were only a year or two into doing the show when the games came out. So it's been a it's been a moment. Um, but the fact that it starts in I think it was like 1963 or 1968 or something like that with a bunch of but with a bunch of uh, medical professionals on a TV show and they're talking about pandemics and epidemics and all that fun stuff and i mean it's more relevant now than it was in the 60s you know what i mean or when the games came out even and it it, there's clearly a guy and i recognized him and he's talking about uh the how the cold common cold and the flu is going to take us all out and i and you know it's quaint now to think about it with with everything that's going on with gone on with covid and everything and then the other doctor steps forward and goes, no, we don't need to worry about that. We need to worry about uh, fungus and, fo- and spores and, and, and things like that. And when that, do- when that guy steps forward, I knew exactly who it was right from his voice because I'm a fan. And that is the actor uh, John Hanna. And, he, you know, he's been in everything from he, several BBC shows to he was in all the mummy movies and except for that new one, cause then not Canon, but um, he's <laughs> been in all kinds of stuff. So you'd recognize him right away. Um, he even had a great stint uh, for like a season and a half or two seasons on agents of shield. Uh, <clears throat> really? And uh, yeah. Um, and uh, when he stepped forward, I was like, Ooh, Oh, but it's 1968 or 63 or whatever. It's the sixties. He's not going to be in the future. No, he's, he is a, like he could come back. I'm very, I, I highly doubt he'll come back in flashbacks. But oh no, he won't. He's, he won't. Like, he's only listed. He's his credits on IMDb since he's only in the one episode. So we won't be seeing him again. But the fact that they brought in somebody like him with a very distinct look and voice to come in and give you the narration as to why the world is in chaos. It just hasn't happened yet. Uh, I think it brought, something to the show i wasn't expecting i was worried they were going to just do what everything does and just do a one-on-one for one uh attempt at an adaptation of the video game and not give us anything creative and right off the bat everything about this show it is very 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 close to the games close enough that you can go yeah, I know where this is going, or I understand where th- why they're doing this, or why they're going in a direction that they're going, and <clears throat> then all of a sudden it goes in a slightly different direction. So you're not a hundred percent sure that they're going to go in the same direction, but it's going to be faithful enough that you can follow it as 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 a viewer if you played the games, and I think that that's a very very smart choice. Yeah, and I mean you you mentioned like. The setup with the the nineteen sixty eight slash sixties sort of interview, and I and I think that that interview does a really good job of setting the the tone and expectations of like how serious this fungal infection could be, because in the video games they don't really address that. It's just one moment these this family's living their life, and the next moment chaos is ensued, and every, and there are people that are infected, and and they. They they kind of hint a bit at it in the video games as like as to what might have happened, 
they lean very heavily on you know the the transmission of the virus uh, being through these spores and um the the creators including the original creator um co-creator of the last of us neil Druckmann, had said like we needed to we needed to address that because if it was spores like you couldn't you could just it, it like everyone would be gone like you couldn't avoid it and gas masks wouldn't help because like those gas masks right. were not gas masks they were like you know putting s- scuba gear <laughs> over top they weren't really doing anything um it just worked for a video game and, and it helped uh you know drive tension but in the show they wanted to sort of revisit that and adapt the video game and, and make changes smart changes and, and one of those was the fact that the and i didn't know how this was going to work uh because they said it spread by tendrils and i'm like how's that yep. going to work how's that going to feel in in the show and i think it really doubles down on the zombie aspect because like it puts a new meaning to the bite because when the zombies bite the tendrils sort of come out and that's how they're infecting other folks and it kind of makes the bite a lot more um scary well yeah and instant like you get bit and you're done like in the walking dead the idea is when you get bit the saliva or the the fluid from the zombie would infect your blood and cause you to in, in, in the changes, the ch- depending on how many times you were bought, bit or how much saliva is, was in the bite depends on how long it takes you to change. We've seen it in The Walking Dead where someone gets bit four or five times and they change like mo- moments later. Or we've seen somebody get bit and it takes them three days to change. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think when it comes to this show, uh, you know, it it just it makes it makes the infection so much scarier, but also keeps it at bay if if people um, organize and are smart about it. So, again, like, you know, doing infection checks, uh, you know, keeping keeping, you know, the walls up and keeping everyone protected or or locked in. I mean, it very much from the video game and from the show when they flash forward 20 years and, and you see this uh, the Boston quarantine zone. It's very much a militarized zone. Like, you know, people are are, are getting, you know, um, hanged for leaving the quarantine zone. You know, it's, right. it's punishable by death and um, ruthless stuff. And I think, like, you know, they, they do a really good job at adapting that aspect of the video game into the show and then making those changes for the for the they, I don't think they have names for them, but because we haven't really seen a true uh clicker yet which is which is the the more aggressive variant um but like they do a really good job at at sort of layering in the the threat you know and um i there was this moment and lou i i'm sure you're going to remember this immediately but there's this moment when you're starting to see the changes in the world as and you as i as video game players know what's coming but as a viewer there's that there's there's that unknown of what's going to happen and there's that moment where Sarah uh, Joel's daughter is at the neighbors and um the the older woman in the wheelchair is is, is clearly turning in the background and the way the camera is sort of focused on Sarah and not and and uh, you know the blurred background of the older woman in the background is is you can tell she's changing and i thought right. that was such a great shot and the way it was angled and to build that tension and like for again you and i know what's going on uh, the people at home who may not have played the video game have an idea of what's going on, but these characters are just, they don't know what they're walking into. And, and there's that just like, ah, gosh, how is this going to play? It was, it was I, I felt the tension. And then the dog, the dog is recognized what's going on. And I'm like, oh man, 
Oh man. No, the, everything about that whole opening and um was 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 chilling. I mean, we spend far much far more time with uh Joel's daughter than we do in the game. Yes. If I remember correctly. Uh, you know, she's in the game and I believe you play as her for a small portion of the game and then you take over as Joel. Um, but we spend far more more time bonding with her as a character only and you only know she's going to die because you've played the game for somebody that doesn't hasn't played the game like it's going to be chilling it's going to hurt i mean it was one of the things about watching this show that i was apprehensive for um i remember how it made me feel playing the game 7 8 years ago and how angry I was and you know, how I felt for Joel and now, and and now I'm a dad myself. So I was worried about how it was going to make me feel now. And it, it was still as heart wrenching as I felt several years ago. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I felt the exact same way. I think I was, um, there are a lot of moments from both those video games, um, that to, to, to witness them again, to experience them again, through a different medium, through this adaptation, like it's going to be tough. Um, but I just, I, I love those games so much that I'm, that I am excited to experience them again in a different medium and see what they've done with this adaptation. But yeah, that moment when, you know, you, you know, it's coming as, as Joel and Sarah, Joel is carrying Sarah and, and comes across this, this, uh, this army man. And, um, yeah, it's uh, you know it, you know it's coming, and I'm sure that even if you haven't played the video game before, like you can kind of like they telegraph it, you know, uh, yeah, you know what, it, that but it's not, but it's not, do. it's not ham fisted at all. Like no. you have a funny feeling where it's going, but you're not sure, and then it goes where you're thinking it's going. Yeah, and again, like for video games, when that when the Last of Us came out, like there was just really nothing. There's, I hadn't experienced anything like that in video games before. Like they just didn't do it and i think in in tv shows now like where we are now in 2023 with tv shows like tv movies like um they've uh they've been able to tell you know more complex and and gut-wrenching you know stories you know so like i don't know if the last of us is as a as a a story and an experience is going to be like you know you have you have game of thrones where characters are unexpectedly being killed off one of them being uh played by you know uh pedro pascal who's playing joel here like i i think in tv people are are, are more used to like uh surprising and shocking moments um and gut-wrenching moments and like oh man that character you know uh i thought they were going to be around for for more of it and, and now they're not i mean i mean even in the game besides the daughter there is some other twists that are coming and um i think we're going to see them rather quickly in the game as well um yeah. the game moves quick and i mean this episode covers obviously they spend a lot of time before the zombie outbreak sort of setting things up and and you do spend more time with sarah i i think i think what was the runtime i think it was 90 minutes for the first episode yeah close to it it was pretty long an hour and 20 ish and uh that was the other reason I, I didn't get a chance to watch it twice because it was it was so hard. <laughs> it was hard to start the first time let alone twice because uh, it is so long but um, you know, you, you you compare this to the game. You you spend a lot more time with Sarah, as you said in the show, building up that character. It's really focused on her 
you know, preparing for uh, her father's birthday. And, um, you know, you get Tommy early on. You didn't, you know, you didn't get a lot of Tommy uh, before the zombie no, outbreak. You, you only hear about Tommy in passing in the game. He's not a major character till you meet him. And um, the, the, the storyline with him was much more in depth. You definitely get to meet him as a character more um, in this show than you do in the game. I mean, in the game, he's literally in the truck with you, I think, when the situation happens. Yeah. And and then you don't see him again until, like, seven, eight hours into the game. Yeah. And he's mentioned, like, I mean, he's like part twice. of the reason that Joel and Tessa are trying, or Tessa are trying to... Uh, leave. Leave, yeah, because they want to, because they haven't heard from Tommy in a while and they want to check and, on and, him. And, and that's right out of the game, if I remember correctly, but like it's a throwaway thing like it's like oh yeah he's trying to get to his brother you're like all right oh. cool whatever i di- i didn't know that i i always assumed like i from and again it's been a long time since i played but i always assumed when it came to tommy that it was a necessity and they knew kind of where he was and they needed to and they were just heading in that direction and they needed needed some support but- i think there's some dialogue in the beginning of the game about them trying to get out of the city cuz he's trying to meet up with his brother Right. And that the and that getting Ellie out of this I think it's right out of the game. Or if it's not right out of the game, it's very close because they talk about Tommy uh, early on like when they're leaving Boston. But it's like a throwaway line. It's not like like it's not something they they they, they don't beat you over the head with it in the game. It's just mentioned. And in the show they don't beat beat you over the head with it, but they make it clear that that's why he's looking for the battery. Is they need a vehicle because they need to get to his brother. Yeah. And 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 I think they did a much better job of handling that in the show than they do in the game. To be honest, um, everything was everything about this show felt like what I wanted because um, I was very apprehensive. I'm not a huge fan of video game to movie adaptations or, or, or video game to movie or TV adaptations. They don't always land well, um, and if they do land well, I don't. They're never usually uh, like. They're liked by maybe the fans, but they're not liked by the public. Or they're not liked by the fans, but they're liked by the public. Like, it's it, it, it's a very mixed bag. And this hit everything I wanted it to hit. Like, there wasn't any kind of... Everything that they said and everything that they wanted to tell me in these 90 minutes, I felt. I didn't feel like anything was overtly long. Um... As much as I like the game, there's a lot of stuff in the game where it's there because it's a video game. And they could speed or leave all that stuff behind with this um with with this adaptation. And I think I appreciated that for it. I, and the other thing too that I, I I was glad to see is Tess is a much more involved character in the story than she is in the beginning of the game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's more to her in 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 the show that uh, early on as you said in the game you know you play primarily as joel and she's just there as somebody for him to banter with yeah and in this show she gets all scenes all to her self and i think i enjoyed her as much as i did joel yeah yeah i agree um well it, it goes back to the conversation of like the the original video game is is great. A lot of people love it. I love it. Um, and when you look at an adaptation, I think they did the smart thing where it's like, let's do, let's capture the beats of the video game. And in the first episode, you have that, you have, you know, the, the, the zombie outbreak starting, you know, the death of Sarah, Joel's daughter, 
um, you know, Ellie showing up, uh, and then them leaving, you know, the Boston quarantine, you get a little bit of an introduction to the Boston quarantine, and then you, you are leaving the Boston quarantine and you get that key moment of them discovering that Ellie has been infected, but she's not turning. And, and that's where the episode sort of ends. So you got the beats, right? But like what they do with the show is they decide like, well, we're, we're a different medium. We can spend more time with Sarah. Whereas in a video game, if you had a moment where you were in Sarah's classroom or going to get a watch repaired for your father, not necessarily a very interesting video game component. Um, I think, uh, you know, a friend of mine was joking around that like um, Sarah walking around the house is like, is this from the video games? Like, yes, that's that is the start of the video game. Like literally you walking around as Sarah is like, that sounds super boring. It's like, well, it, it worked and it was a short sequence. But yes, I can see how, you know, a character randomly walking through a house as 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 something weird's going on on the side can be cannot be a, as entertaining as like what you would normally associate with the last of Us video game. But in the show, they can. They can do more of that. There was so much more interesting stuff and sl- more slowly the outbreak was being showcased as opposed to the, the game where it's like it's it's happening that it's not or it's not happening that it is. You know, it was more of a switch as opposed to a dimmer switch in the show. Um, right. But and, and going forward into the quarantine zone and, and, and as you said, Joel and Tess's relationship, like you can spend more time on that in the show but still hit right. the major beats and capture them and adapt them well. Like watching that moment where, you know, Joel and Ellie and Tess are, are discovered by um, the Boston quarantine soldiers that I immediately, I could see the video game scene in my head because they captured it so well. And it was, it, that was pretty close to shot for shot. Yeah, the other thing I have to say that, as that, that amazed me with this show in general was I remember us talking about when they were when the screenshots and everything that it was being recorded and it was being it was being shot in Canada. Yeah. And um for listeners that don't know, um the game takes place in Boston and I'm from Boston. So um every time they would show a landmark to indicate that you were in Boston or they or a thing would pop up and tell you where in Boston they are. I've been standing where they are um and there's a couple of streets where you can see like the state house i think it is that's a big gold roof building in boston and i know the street that they're supposed to be standing on and there is not a view of that building from there but it was close enough to the real thing that i felt like i knew they were in boston um i believe at one point they talk about being in um I think it's Cambridge and you see buildings that look like it's supposed to be near uh, where Harvard or MIT is, I think. And those stoops of those buildings that they're standing on look just like the building my mother grew up in. Um, I've been on stoops just like that. I've stood in front of buildings that look just like that. Everything about where they filmed this felt like it was Boston to the point where after I was done, I looked to just make sure that they didn't do like some aftershots of Boston and they didn't. None of this was shot in Boston. I'm really impressed by that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously the joke has always been there are parts of Canada that look like or can be made to look like parts of uh, everywhere in the world. And um, I'll be I'll be the first to admit like um, Calgary, Alberta, which is a big a big part of where they film the show. 
um, it, it's not the first that comes to mind. Like usually you think Toronto or Vancouver, you know, and, uh, I think Calgary was a, was a, well, the right choice from what we've seen from the trailers and what we've seen so far from the Boston quarantine zone. Um, they've done a great job. I mean, talking about ad- adaptations, they've done a great job of like capturing not only the feel of the video game, but as you said, Lou, as a, uh, as a person from Boston, like capturing Boston. <laughs> so, yeah, no, like I said, uh, I've seen it before in other movies. Um, I think we talked about, um, there's a movie, uh, we covered it on the show many, many, many moons ago, uh, night of the living Deb. And again, I'm in Maine and that, that movie was fit. It's supposed to take place in Maine. And, most of that movie was not filmed in Maine, but there's about five scenes, six scenes where it is filmed in Maine. And I can tell you exactly where every single one of those shots takes place. I've been in stood in every single location of that where they filmed that in that movie just about. Um, literally, one of the scenes is down the street from the building my mother lived my mother uh, uh, lived in and. There's a, there's one of the, they film, there's a scene that's filmed on top of a parking garage and I've been in that parking garage. Like I've stood where they, where they film those scenes. Um, and everything else when they're not, when they tell you it's Maine and then they're not in Maine, I can tell it's not Maine. You know what I mean? It's only those scenes where I can be, where I know I've stood, where I can be like, yeah, this is Maine. This show, they've did such a wonderful job. I thought. There's got to be at least two scenes or three scenes where they had to have filmed this in Boston. How did they not film this? Th- those two or three shots in Boston, and they didn't. Boston is not mentioned in the the shooting locations at all. Yeah, yeah. It's uh oh man, it is such a it's such a great adaptation. And and again, like we we have just started to scratch the surface, um, of of the Last of Us. Like again, like not a lot of the you know we haven't even seen um the quote unquote combat like the 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 stealth survival combat of 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 the clickers and the zombies um that's sort of been that i i feel like that's going to be a focus of the next episode uh that but- is going to be the i think that is going to be a major focus of the next episode um the other thing too is is that they one of the things that drew me out of the game is and specifically i think it's one of the reasons why i didn't go on to the second game either is the game is violent to make you go see violence is awful, but then they keep making you do it. No matter how awful the violence is, they keep kind of like shoving it in your face. And this show didn't do that um, because it's not a video game. And when Joel loses his temper and he beats the guard to, I think it's the guard that, that, that uh, almost caught, catches them when he beats that guard, that guard is dead like that guy's face is pretty much hamburg meat when joel is done with him Mm -hmm. and it means something more than it does in the video game because in five minutes later in the video game you're gonna be doing that to nine more soldiers whereas in the show joel did that and the chances are he might shoot somebody by uh, uh, one or two people before the episode is over but you're not going to be brutally, he's not going to be brutally murdering people that way every 10 minutes like you are in the game. You know what I mean? Yes. And it it, it has a def- different meaning in the show. And I think I appreciate that much, much more than I did in the game. Well, that was always the, 
That's that's always the trouble of adapting a video game. Like you look at Uncharted, another Naughty Dog property that got a, adapted lately, and like that was always the concern. Is like, well, how do you take like a character from a series that that kills hundreds of people throughout the course of it, and no one bats an eyelash, and then have Tom Holland do it? <laughs> you know, this uh, this lovable you know actor. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. If we're talking about movie to video game adaptations i'm not gonna tell you that that's an awful adaptation i'm not gonna tell you it's great either yeah but it wasn't awful it was no it was it was palatable it wasn't it wasn't i, I kind of wish they'd make a second one because i think they could polish it up more with oh, the second will. one now that they know but 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 again it, 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 it makes me apprehensive about these video game to tv adaptations and I, I think that i think that this did it really well yeah well, so, far. Well, so far, here's the thing, like um, Sony has made it very clear that they want to adapt all of their IP and they are working with multiple partners to do this. They have uh, Sony with Uncharted. Well, yeah, they're doing that in-house um, there. They have The Last of Us with HBO. They have God of War with Amazon. They have Horizon with with uh, with Netflix and they are adapting all of these projects with the original creators in mind. They're working on the projects too. Like uh, the original director for God of War 2018 is working directly with the team at Amazon to, to make that thing happen. And I think that just this first episode of The Last of Us, which The Last of Us is, like a lot of people say, like it is probably, you know, the one property that Sony has that is, that yeah, absolutely. See that as a movie. But people weren't happy when they announced they were going to adapt it, even though it would have been like a really not simple transition, but like something that they could um, do quite, quite. I don't want I also don't want to say easily because obviously they put a lot of work into this, but it was like the most the most adaptable, like on paper, like we can take this and we can move it from a video game to a TV TV show because it's got that it's it's the way it was written. It's the way it's shot. It's the way it's framed, you know, right. Um, And and I and and I get that. Um, my oh, my gripe was never that I know the story of Last of Us. I didn't know if I wanted to sit through it again. Yeah. Um, and that was my big apprehension with this first 90 minutes is I was like, I've played this game. Is this going to make me feel different or am I going to feel like this is all being rehashed again? And I didn't. It was different enough that even when I knew where it was going, it surprised me. Um, even when the things I knew were going to happen, happened, I was still excited to see them. Um, I actually enjoyed all of the characters in this more because I feel like in the video game, you don't, you spend a lot of time with them, but you spend a lot of time with them just wandering around and having a m- meaningless conversation. Whereas every conversation in this show was giving you a quick character arc and pointing you in a direction. Um, and I felt like I liked these characters much more than I did in the video game. All of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, because you again, you get to you get to spend more focused time with these characters because you aren't in control of what's happening. Like in the video game, you can, as as Lou <laughs> said, he did. You can completely ignore whole aspects of the video game. You know, whether it's the music or specific characters, or you know, it's all about what you what you want to get out of it with a video game because it's an interactive medium. Um, and I think like what, like what I'm trying to say here is like, I think this episode specifically shows that Sony is interested in making great adaptations of their IP. If this is any indication of what Sony wants to do with their other properties, I'm in. 
Yeah. Um, like I said, I enjoy I en- I enjoyed the other Naughty Dog property. I enjoyed the Uncharted movie. Um, but these two things feel very different from each other. While I did enjoy the Uncharted movie, it was not perfect. It was not great. Um, I feel like Uncharted fits better in a two-hour movie because it's much more Indiana Jones. And I feel like something like this, where you spend far more time with the characters, um, and it is a very character-driven story rather than a action-driven story like Uncharted, I think that adapting it for television as a show was a much better opportunity. Yeah. Well, even just like, again, like they're, they're doing some interesting stuff. Like they are making a, um, a Gran Turismo movie based on a real story that happened where, um, someone played the video game, won a contest. And now is a, now is a real, you know, uh, almost said speed racer, but you know, like someone who, who, who races those types of cars. Um, and that's a movie it, you, you, you know, it'd be very difficult to make a TV show out of that specific story. And I think like, I'm really glad companies have gotten away from worrying about this needs to be a movie because we need to make millions of dollars. And this can be a TV show because really we just want to sell advertising. Like it's changed, you know, we're in a, we're streamings here. Like, I was listening to, you know, a podcast uh, today. I think it was the latest smart list where uh, Spielberg was on it. And he they asked him the streaming, like, what do you feel about the streaming services? And like, you know, as a director, he still feels like, you know, movies should be in theaters and then that should be used to drive people to subscription services. But like he also said, you know, if streaming services were around when when he was just getting started, there'd be a lot more big directors now because people would would be discovered sooner. Um, but I think like streaming services have also allowed for content to breathe, you know, not everything needs to be a movie, not everything needs to be, I hate to say it, but dumbed down into a network television show. Not that all network television is dumb, just that could you imagine if they made HBO or even the walking dead into something you watched on, you know, ABC Tuesday, eight o'clock, you know, it just would not work. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, we've gotten there. I watch lots of old episodes of dumb TV because I've got a bunch of streaming services and, you know, sometimes at the end of the night, I'm not interested in something that's going to engross me. I just need something for noise in the background while I play video games or while something else is going while I'm making dinner. I don't need to be fully engrossed. But when that when I'm ready for that, you know, TV is a very different medium than it was when I was a kid. Yes. And and this and this and and and. Also, they would adapt books or other things and make them into a TV show, and they would pull their punch with the violence or pull their punch with a plot line they didn't think mainstream audiences would allow or the censors would allow them to. And they don't have to do that anymore. It's a very different world than we have, than we used to be. And um, as much as I do appreciate directors like Spielberg and stuff, I think a lot of them come from a place where they don't understand what's happened and the changes that have happened. Um, people, people, uh, they're still under the guise of, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the director, the, the producer's name. Um, there's a producer from the 60s. Hmm. Um, and his ph- philosophy was every film needed to be exactly 86 minutes. Huh. And the reason they needed to be 86 minutes 
was because going over 86 minutes meant when you shipped the film reels, you had to put them in three canisters instead of two, and it cost more. And so every movie he produced had to be 86 minutes or no longer than like 86 minutes. And he would make them cut the movie to make it fit 86 minutes because he didn't want to add the extra reel. And that's not a thing anymore. You know, storytellers can tell the story they want to tell and it can take as long as they want. Uh, I mean, personally, I hate sitting in a movie theater for three and a half hours. You know, I'm I'm never going to sit through Lord of the Rings in a theater again. But I think that we get a different story medium now because of TV. And I think we're better for it personally. And I think that this show is a good example of that. I mean, we had a 90-minute episode of a show, and it is the premise. Can you imagine if they tried to cram all of this into a 90-minute movie? It wouldn't work. We no. wouldn't be getting the story we got from the game. No. Uh, again, like I think it goes back to the conversation of like these adaptations aren't just cash-ins. They're smart adaptations where they are building something both for the fans and for new fans. Like, I think, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. This, there is marketing synergy going on here. You are probably wondering, man, there are probably a lot of people that want to go back and play The Last of Us. Well, guess what released in September for the brand new PlayStation 5 that you can buy now at Best Buy down the street? The Last of Us Part 1. And guess what's coming to Steam at the end of, you know, in, in early March, just in time for the season wrap-up of The Last of Us on HBO? The Last of Us Part 1 on Steam that you that is also compatible with your Steam Deck. Like, again, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, there is not a, a, a company trying to do business here because, of course, Sony is 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 at, they're not ad- adapting this for the sake of for the fun of it. Um, right. There's an aspect of like adapting it for to, to build a cool product, but it's also to, to sell other stuff. There's a reason there's a Mario movie coming out in April. There's a reason they're opening a bunch of theme parks centered around Mario is so they can sell more switches and more Mario games. But that doesn't mean we can't get some really cool adaptations. And I'm excited to see where the last of us goes. Like I said, this is all just based off the first episode. And and I mean, I'm not going to make promises and I'm not going to force Lou to, to do anything he doesn't want to do, but I could see us doing a mid season check-in on this in, in a couple of, uh, I, I, I would be okay with that. I could definitely see us doing a mid season check-in. Uh, we discussed this pre-show. Um, I hate watching shows week to week, <laughs> so don't expect me to be commenting on next week's episode. I'm probably going to let three or four of these build up before I watch it. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to sit down and marath and watch something, I hate watching 45 to 60 minutes and then I got to find something else. So, uh, I'd much rather engross my evening and watch two or three episodes at least before I have to call it a night. So, so if you if we want if we may we may do a mid 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 season check in and but we will definitely cover all of this when it's over. I'll say this: I would love to do a mid season check in because I don't know if I'll be able to watch week to week. I mean, you and I watch TV differently. Like I'll be lucky if I can get like an hour together to watch a show, but. Uh, because uh, I'm mostly <laughs> sometimes insomnia is a beautiful thing. Well, for me, it, it comes down to, uh, oh, it's it's uh, I just got down here and I played video games for for two hours. Like um, I don't have time for a TV show. Uh, that's how I usually work. But um, yeah, I mean, we will uh, we will we will we will talk more about The Last of Us. I'm sure we will. But um, yes. So coming up on Zamp, uh, we are going to take a break from The Last of Us, uh, but we are going to do a zombie movie discussion. 
thanks to our lovely Extra Life uh, donors, we have six slots. Um, and because we didn't get any choices, we kind of have, you know, we can pick whatever Free we want. Free reign. Yeah. And uh, Lou suggested a couple. And I think what we're going to do for next episode is we're going to talk about One Cut of the Dead, which I believe is a Japanese film. Right, Lou? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. You're going to have a hard time pulling some audio clips from this. Yeah, and that's fine. That's fine. I almost didn't pull a clip for The Last of Us. I completely forgot until about five minutes before we uh, we recorded. But um, One Cut of the Dead is available on uh, Shudder. Uh, in the U.S., yep. And in, yeah, and in Canada. Uh, it's also, I believe, available on AMC Plus in Canada here, I'm seeing. Yep. yep. But it can be rented and it can be purchased. So lots of fun ways to watch One Cut of the Dead, a 2019 release, a comedy horror documentary drama, according to Just Watch. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You're in for a fun time. Um, I've I've seen most of the movie, but not completely. There's some parts in the middle I missed. I've seen the beginning and the end, so I kind of know where we're going with this. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. It's going to I think it might be, I think it's definitely going to be a different chat for us. Okay. Well, we will uh, look forward to that next episode in just a couple weeks. And before we go, we do have an email here from Koji. Uh, he says, "Hi, I love your podcast. I have an audible zombie book that just came out called Zombie Run." He's also written a few other books slash graphic novels, and I thought this was really interesting, and, and Lou, I think this might be good for us um, down the road when this film sees the light of the day, but he wrote slash produced a film called Santa vs. Zombies. Um, were you saying there was like a William Shatner film that you watched, and it was like a we, Santa versus... We, we were, we were, we were, we, there was talk at holiday time where you and I were going to watch... Uh, I think it's called a Christmas horror story. Right. Uh, because there is a portion of that film where Santa kills a bunch of zombie elves. Uh, but I nixed it after watching the film because it's not traditional or straight zombie content. Um, there's some twists in it that afterwards, I feel like it would be, mis- it would be, it would be not in our best interest to talk about it on the show. Uh, while it was an interesting movie and I enjoyed my time with it, uh, that portion of the film is like 10 minutes or 12 minutes of a like two hour movie. Um, and, and and there's some twists in it that I didn't enjoy. So we will not be talking about that on this show right now. But if somebody else is making a movie about Santa versus zombies, I'm excited. Well, there you go. I think Koji has you covered. And I did uh, respond to Koji's email and I said, look, when you've got a trailer, let us know. Because like as if you're a list, if you're a fan of the show, you know that's that's Lou's golden rule. You need a trailer. I, I don't believe it's a real thing till I see a trailer. And I think when it comes to the zombie genre, that is a very good rule because there's a lot of things in development. Pretty sure World War Z two was greenlit as soon as the first one came out, and I don't see it's a trailer. It's not a thing yet. We did an article about uh, 28 months later. There's no trailer. So no, no, no. Danny Boyle's lucky he even got it on the show. So exactly. Uh, well, you know what? If you want to join in the conversation, there was some fun chats about the last of us HBO series, as well as some other fun zombie content. Join our discord bit.ly slash zamp discord. And I want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies. my podcast. If you want to support the show directly, head on over to Patreon. All the money goes right back into the show, hosting, um, content, 
all kinds of fun stuff. So we really appreciate the support there. You can visit our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can email us like Koji did, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. And if you're on Twitter, you can find me at rmurphy and Lou at BusyZombieLord. And finally, a quick shout-out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his great stuff at joelduggan.com. Lou, this has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, but as is tradition, I would love you to have us exit this show with some fine, busy zombie lord knowledge. Cars don't run without batteries. Yeah, but you can sell them twice. Zombies Ate My Podcast.